All right, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Run Free Podcast. Hope you all are doing well. This is episode 17. I'm going to call this one, Why You Should Stop Competing. So we'll get into that here in a second. First, I want to give you guys a little bit of update on my situation, my training. As I have promised, I'd keep you guys posted on how that, uh, you know, I'm trying to get back in shape to pace Sarah, how that's going. And I had a little turn in the, a little new chapter turn in that kind of regard. So I uh, just have been doing a lot of consideration of, um, you know, this kind of new goal and if it's good for Sarah, if it's good for me. Um, and the, my main concern with it has always been, can I be a good coach, be the same coach that, you know, I've tried to be to Sarah, be a good coach to her and pace her at the same time. And so that question kind of got answered last week. We we're trying to do some mile reps out together and I just didn't like kind of what was going on inside of me inside of my mind trying to juggle both pacing and coaching at the same time so i think you know what's really important for in-person coaching is for the coach to be fully present fully there like really observing the athlete and just really aware of what's going on with their athlete like i think that's like the most important thing for a coach and uh that's always you know my goal and intention when i'm out there with sarah working out with her on the bike and um, asking her questions about how she's feeling and um, what she thinks about the workout and making changes and these are the kind of things that are usually going on and yet uh, last week when we were doing some mile reps out on Lake Mary Road I found myself and I was trying to pace her and I found myself just thinking about myself and how am I going to get through this workout am I going to be able to get through this workout Um, and I kind of went back into like being a pro athlete mode you know where you're just concerned about taking care of you which is fine for being a pro athlete but for being a coach that's not the headspace you want to be in so that kind of uh, began a little bit of a shift in my mind of thinking you know like number one this might not be the time to make a shift in Sarah's training and her the atmosphere and the attentiveness of her coach um might not be the best time with the trials coming up in wow we're under 11 weeks now it's crazy and uh that coupled with i noticed for myself too like it was just requiring a lot of energy output on my end um and i can for you guys who are parents you'll be able to relate to this but i can tell um how i'm doing energy wise by how much patience i have with my kids and my kids are like amazing like they don't they're not like usually they wouldn't annoy people but like i just found myself like being like less and less patient with them and uh, struggling to be present with them and also too like instead of going out for hikes with them on the weekends and stuff i'm like too tired to do that and like you guys can just go for a walk from the house or whatever you know and and i so i could feel that kind of shifting as well which i wasn't thrilled about but like i said so it's kind of a a number of things that contributed to me just being like you know what like the only reason why I'm doing this, I'm not doing this for, you know, my enjoyment, but the only reason I'm doing it is to try and help Sarah out to try and pace her. But I'm also trading a lot in the process and even trading, like being there on easy runs, you know, cause I can't run with her on her easy days cause she doesn't fly on her easy days, but she does, you know, she moves along a little bit and I was out the back and not even able to run with her on her easy days. So I'm like, why am I trading two or three days a week where I'm not there anymore for two or three days a week a year or two or three days over the course of a year where I will be out there when I'm usually not out there pacing her in races. So kind of all these things kind of made it kind of clear to me that this is not the right time to 
uh, put a focus on my own training and getting back in run shape. Plus, I'm also just loving the weights still. Never stop loving the weights. Still been hitting those hard and um, looking forward to now kind of getting back in the weight room and seeing some gains. Because uh, I was going to do a whole podcast on this, but maybe let's mention this briefly now. I don't know if it will take a whole podcast, but uh, I wanted to talk about how like your body doesn't make something out of nothing and giving it the building blocks it needs you know we talked about nutrition and uh leaning out and stuff like that in the last episode but it's so funny to me because i'll train exactly the same in the weight room like same sets reps exercises still lifting super heavy do the same exact routine i've been doing but when i shift my nutrition to going into a weight loss phase i always lose strength and then it's so funny now like over the last week i haven't run I've been eating more food, trying to put back on some muscle, trying to get some strength back, and uh, and same exact routine in the weight room, and yet my nutrition shifts, and I start getting stronger, I start putting on muscle, I start putting on weight, and it's all just nutrition. And so that's kind of like an example of, I think, why programs like Run Free are so important that take a holistic approach, because it's the same exact program, the training is exactly the same. So it's like myself, I could follow the same exact plan, but based on my nutrition, I'm going to get very different results from that exact plan. So then the question becomes, well, what are your goals? You know, And for a lot of you guys who are listening, your goal is to maximize your performance um, in running. And so we need to address the nutrition piece because if you're not fueling yourself, like I said, if your body doesn't make something out of nothing. So if I'm going to try and put on muscle, if I'm going to try and get stronger, if I'm going to try and get faster, I have to give it the building blocks it needs um, to be able to do that, to meet that goal. Uh, if, if your goals are to lose weight, kind of like we talked about in that last episode, then, you know, it gets a lot more tricky in how you do that and not suffer performance wise from that. So, um, yeah, it's kind of an interesting shift that I'm in right now, but loving life, loving the holidays coming up. I was at my daughter's winter concert last night, starting to feel, feel like Christmas and, uh, yeah, so that's a little update on mine. But now let's hop into this episode about why you should stop competing. So kind of what I want to start with is the original definition of the word competition. I find this to be really interesting, and it kind of leads me down a couple different points I want to make. So the original Latin of the word uh, is competiri, and my apologies in advance, guys, like pronunciation and like language. I'm going to get into one other language here on this episode and it's going to be terrible just to warn you the pronunciation is not great not my strong point for sure but anyways so the word is competiri and it comes from two different parts the first part of the word com which means with together and then the second part of that word is patiri which means to strive to seek to fall upon to rush at to attack So you put both those together and it gives you the classical Latin definition of the word competition, which is to strive in common, to strive after something in company with or together. Man, I don't know about you guys. I just love thinking about competition that way. So I'm going to read it again to you guys. Strive in common, strive after something in company with or together. And what this reminds me of... Man, this just gives me flashbacks of the Boston Marathon. To comp- anytime, like I was 
competing against a lot of the Kenyan athletes and I'm friends with a lot of the Kenyan athletes because um, this is very much their mentality from my own understanding you know like they could speak to it themselves I'm sure but from being around them from training in Kenya this is very much the way that they look at competition they actually have a saying I guess it's a slang saying um, in Kenya and it's this and again my apologies for the pronunciation uh, Tuko Pomoja which apparently means we're all in this together. And this is something that the elite, the pro athletes say to each other all the time. And uh, actually, I used to have a plaque in my house that someone gave to me um, with those words on it because it's such like a, a common thought uh, in Kenya that we're all in this together and they're saying this to each other as they're out there racing. We're in this together. And I just, I just love that perspective and I very much that was my goal to adopt like that way of thinking about competition because previously to that my my idea of competition was very much just the kind of standard modern day version of competition you know what place can I be uh, what time is all like performance oriented and it was all kind of went back to comparison and when really you think about like our modern understanding of competition, it does kind of come back to competition or to comparison. Sorry. So it's how good are you relative to everyone else, right? And I just found this to be a huge, huge killjoy for me. Um, even when I'd come out on top of it, I just didn't like what was happening inside me when I felt like I was competing over a scarce resource, you know? It was like, there's not enough for everyone to have this victory, like only one person gets it, so let me just struggle with you over who gets it, you know? And it's kind of like if you win, you're kind of like, it's kind of like if you win a fight, you know, a fist fight. It's like if you win, you still like walk away from that not feeling very good, you know, because you kind of took something from someone else that they wanted as well. And I don't know about you guys, but like that doesn't feel good to me, you know. So that kind of leads me to my next point about comparison. And this is something that I have struggled with, struggled not with, but struggled through um, and continue to to this day. You know, like don't we all at some point, like especially, you know, with, with the gram, with Instagram, with all social media, like it's so easy to compare our lives, our results, our fitness level, everything can be, you know, like if I want to get discouraged real quick, I just hop on YouTube and start watching, you know, some strong girls deadlifting. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm, why am I wasting my life in the weight room? You know, like I'll never even be close to as strong as these ladies. Nothing against the ladies, but you know, we have extra testosterone, so we should, we have some advantages that you all don't have. So anyways, it's really easy, you know, to just get discouraged by comparison. So I want to tell you guys kind of my favorite way to deal with this issue of comparison um, in sports and in life in general. And it comes from the Bible, and I'm not going to beat you over the head with the Bible, but um, just love this story. So a little background on the story. It comes from John 21, 18 through 22. And so Jesus, he's talking to one of his disciples, Peter, and he's basically, he's, this is a pretty gnarly story. And I love this about the Bible. Like there's some crazy gnarly stuff in there that like, like we just think, oh, it's the Bible. So it's just like all like happy, good, like, but there's some crazy stuff in there when you really think about it. So this is kind of one of those stories. Jesus, so he's already died risen from the grave talking to peter now at the end of the book of john and uh he's basically telling peter how he's gonna die and he's telling him he's gonna be crucified so pretty intense right like if 
if like God is telling you, hey, guess what? Like you're going to be crucified. Man, like that would be an intense moment for me. I don't know about you guys. And, you know, fast forward the story. Uh, apparently, common understanding is that Peter was crucified and he asked to be crucified upside down so that he wasn't crucified. He didn't consider himself worthy to die the same in the same fashion that Jesus died in. So, whew, man, I can't imagine like the heart of Peter. And this is coming from the guy who just denied Jesus three times, you know. Um, and then he, he goes on to request to be crucified upside down so he doesn't die the same way as Jesus. So that, that's a whole nother, um, inspiring story in itself, kind of heavy. But anyways, um, so Jesus is telling Peter how he's going to die. And so what Peter does, and this is, this feels odd to me, but Peter looks over and, uh, and he basically says to Jesus, well, what about him? How is he going to die? And he's, and he's pointing to John. The, another disciple of Jesus. And I just love, love Jesus' response. And I just want to read that little bit to you. Um, it says this. Uh, so Jesus' response is, If I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. And I just, I love how he just like puts Peter, he puts his eyes back on the prize you know like you can just feel peter getting distracted here just being like like well what about like he's no longer focused on just like doing what god has set, has planned for him following jesus closely like he's no longer looking at jesus he's looking over at someone else and i think that's the thing with comparison like when you really look at it it's a distraction it's a distraction from us to follow the path that god has for us to accomplish what we can accomplish with with our life and so jesus just brings him right back and he's just like well what is that why does it matter to you what i have for him like you follow me and like that's it's like jesus is like giving him back the goal that Peter should have all along, which is to follow him, to stay close to Jesus. And I love this quote by Bonhoeffer. It's one of my favorite all-time quotes. And I've, I don't know, I don't have it nailed down perfectly, but this is the Ryan version of the quote. But it basically says this, where like, don't look at the path that's too hard for you to follow, but look at Jesus who's right in front of you and just follow him hard, like stay close to him. Like he leads the way I will follow. That's basically what he was saying. So it's like when we're trying to do hard things in life, when we're trying to do these races and it's getting hard, like it's really easy to be distracted by what is going on with our competitors around us. But really like we just need to be focused again, bringing ourselves back to the moment. If you're, you know, a Christian, just getting our focus on Jesus, staying as close to him as we can. And that's the goal. Like the goal is not how are we doing relative to everyone else. So that's just, that passage has really helped me kind of deal with comparison. And when I find myself and I still find myself having these tendencies, drifting away, being like, well, like, look at this person, look what they're doing. Um, and they just had this amazing result. And why am I not having this amazing result? Or why are my athletes not improving as much as this athlete? Whatever it is, it's like, no, no, no. Like, bring it back. Like, whatever God has for them is good. And they should walk in fullness into that. 
and I can walk into fullness into whatever God has for me, whatever he has for my athletes. So it just kind of eliminates this whole comparison thing that is such, I think, a killjoy when we bring that aspect into our competition and into our training. All right, so that's that's kind of my favorite story to uh, to. Oh, okay. Uh, sh- sorry, I'm looking at my notes as I'm talking to you guys. It, uh, so one thing that that reminds me of too is when we compare and when we look at our results, or say say we're doing a workout, right? And um, it's not as good. Say it's a 10 mile threshold run, just for example, and it's not as good as the workout that we did like two weeks ago or three weeks ago. It's really easy to miss the beauty of that workout, what happened in that workout, to miss that growth can still occur even if you don't have your best workout of all time and miss the beauty of that because you're comparing it to what you've already done before. And it reminds me of something Terrence told me. I tried to find where he got this quote from. I don't know where he got it from. Maybe it's his original. I don't know. You'll have to ask him. But uh one of my previous coaches, Terrence Mahan, he, he, I remember him saying to me at one point in practice, because I was doing this, I was like comparing my previous workout to another workout and I was all getting frustrated, you know? And I was like, why am I not like progressing or whatever? But sometimes like you can't even see the progress or it happens so slowly. It's almost like watching your kid grow, you know? You don't see them getting taller. Then all of a sudden you see a picture of them like from six months ago and you're like, whoa, they've changed so much. And, uh, Terrence's quote was this, like, you can't appreciate today's sunrise if you're still remembering last night's sunset. And I just love that when it comes to comparing our workouts to previous workouts or comparing our workout to how fast someone else did our workout. It's like there is beauty in every single day if we choose to see it. In every single workout, like, there is something that we can be, like, stoked on, you know? But it only it doesn't happen if we're comparing it to previous workouts or if we're so obsessed about what happened in the past or what we want to happen in the future, you know, where we want to be in this workout, the times we want to hit in the future. Like, no, no, no. We just need to pull ourselves back and just be like, something beautiful happened today. Like, what was it? And sometimes you have to dig to find it. Like, I totally get it. Like, you guys know from um, listening to me talk about some of my workouts that I've had, you know, as of late run workouts that did not go well but even in those workouts like there's always something beautiful you can find about that workout there's always maybe a lesson that you learned um, during that workout Um, there's always something beautiful to be appreciated but it takes being present in that moment all right so let's talk actually that kind of leads to my next point um, which is how do we judge progress because it is important to measure your workouts. Like, you know, I've had periods where I was like, forget it. Like, I'm not even going to measure my progress. You know, I'm just going to, that way I can be like non-judgmental towards my workouts and that it'll be easier for me to not compare my workouts to previous workouts. If I just don't even know how fast I'm running, I don't get my splits. I don't know my speed. Like basically it's kind of like you're eliminating the challenge by, of comparing workouts by removing the thing that causes you to do it. But that's kind of like dealing with an internal problem with external in an external way. And so like I know for myself, it's important and as a coach as well, it's important that we do track your progress, you know, because 
your workouts are giving us feedback. So it's not like, well, we can't compare this workout to another workout. So why even like know how fast I ran or why even keep track of my splits? Why even write it down in a training log? But it is super, super important because the workout, the result is giving us feedback. So the problem becomes is when the workout is defining how fit you are. And that's so easy to do, man. Like when I think back to my pro career, like how many workouts was I out there trying to prove my fitness to myself and prove my fitness to my coach? But mainly it was just like proving it to myself. Like my workouts showed me. And there is a little bit of that where your workouts do like give you the feedback of how fast are you ready to run? You know, like we, like we can tell for my athletes to train with me like I can tell what kind of shape they're in leading into a marathon and you know like I can't tell to the second or whatever I can make a good educated guess but there's always you know room like it could go way better than expected it could go way worse than expected like it doesn't always line up perfectly but you can get a really good idea of where athletes are at so it is it is important that we do um, measure the progress of athletes so but how do we observe these results so it's real i love this analogy when you look at your training your results from your training i love to look at it as like a cloud passing in the sky it's like you're observing it and i think i've used this analogy with you guys before you're observing it you're seeing it you're aware of it but it's not like you you know it's something that you're you're watching and I, I tell myself this all the time in the weight room. Like yesterday, I was, I was like, let me just check in, see where my max deadlift is at, just so that I can get an idea of where I'm starting this new phase of training in. And it's really easy to like get emotional when I'm trying to pull a big weight and be like, I gotta get this weight off the ground, like get all fired up, you know? And, um, and I have to remind myself, like, this is just data. This is just feedback. This isn't like, like, like a competition this isn't like you, the best you're ever gonna be like this is just a point of data so that's that's super helpful i think as athletes just be like this workout is just giving me feedback it's not it's not proving anything to myself so that's kind of a, the ideal kind of way to look at your training to look at that feedback do track it do pay attention to it it is giving you important def, uh, information but it is not defining how fit you are it's not it's not a race like let your training come out let your fitness come out of you don't try and force things to happen in, in practice don't try and prove things in practice just let your fitness manifest itself and more importantly like run the right effort level like i tell my athletes this all the time i think i mentioned it on this podcast before but i'm way more interested in my athletes hitting the right effort level than hitting a certain mile split and there are those days where um you know i do want athletes to operate at a certain pace but for the most part and, and in those uh, situations i usually like allow the body to give some feedback and we'll break it up we'll take rest between so the body is involved in the process but i do want the body to just get conditioned to working out at a certain pace but for the most part i'm more interested in athletes finding that perfect effort level because that's what you're gonna have to do in the race you know like you have to use your head in the race even if you're going after your time and find that perfect effort level rather than hitting a certain pace so let's talk a little bit about, uh, so going back to competition and how to ideally compete. In my mind, like there's, 
and this might be, I don't know. There's two different ways to look at it. Like there's the way of like, how do I compare myself to everyone else? Um, the kind of modern day view of competition of trying to beat people, trying to run fast. And, you know, like I said, I think all of that is fine as long as it's coming from a place of my, my main goal is personal excellence and so that's kind of like the healthy view of competition that i like to have and a quick story to just kind of illustrate this and i know i've talked about this in my book before but it's just the story of like me like running 204 at boston like that still is like the highlight of my career you know and because that day, I think I was in that same mindset that a lot of the Kenyan athletes have, where it's like, we're all in this together. And like, how I like to describe like, how I ideally compete, and it kind of goes with this like, old school Latin version of the word competition, Latin meaning of the word, where it's like, we're all in this together, we're all striving after a common goal together. And it's, it's like, when I can see my competitors, as they are here to help me be better, they're here to help me run faster, like they are drawing out the best in me. And in the same way, like my goal is to draw out the best in them. So you know, I ran 204 at Boston, I led great you know the whole first half of the race essentially and then even parts afterwards up to 20 miles when um the other guys kind of took off and threw it down a big surge and uh my goal honestly was like how can i be a part of historic race how can i run in such a way that i'm going after personal excellence like I am going to milk everything inside of me out of myself in this race. And it's not about like me winning the Boston Marathon. It's not about me trying to beat every single guy out here. It's not about me trying to be the fastest American to ever run the Boston Marathon. Like none of those things were in my head. Like what was in my head was just like me being me to the fullest and excellence. Like going after like being as excellent as I can be on that day. And you only have so much control over this, you know, like no matter how training is gone, like stuff happens in races, you know? So you can't expect to PR every single time out. Like it's nice when that does happen, especially when you're first getting into running and seeing pretty rapid improvement and stuff. But eventually once you're, you know, relatively fast, it becomes very difficult to PR. And as you get older, you know, you do naturally start to slow down a little bit. So, you know, it's not, the goal can't be like me being better than I've ever been before. Like the goal has to be like me being excellent today with what I have, with what's inside my body. And really like that was my goal in Boston that day. So that's why like I was fine leading because my goal wasn't like to try to get away from the other guys. My goal was just for me to be as good as I could be on that day and to even draw out the best in my competitors and I really was like looking at them as like hey guys like this is a special day this is a once every 10 year opportunity when you get a nice tailwind at Boston you can run super fast like let's make the most of this you know and if I have to do the work in the front of the race to make it happen like so be it like I'm willing to do that you know so and then you think about like I'll never forget coming across the finish line and seeing that, you know, it was under 205 and just being, oh man, talk about the satisfaction. That was one of the most fulfilling moments of my career coming across the finish line, 
because I felt like, wow, like I really did get everything out of my body that was inside my body today. And is also just, you know, a very special day where the conditions were perfect. Tailwind was perfect. I was feeling great leading up to it. Like everything was clicking, you know, like those are super fun days. And yet, you know, I was fourth place. And that's still like the fourth fastest time ever run on Boston in I don't know how many years they've been going now, 124 years or something, somewhere right in that range. And, you know, if I had been looking at competition in the traditional or I guess modern day view of competition I would have been very disappointed with that result I would have been like man how is it that I run the fourth fastest time ever in 120 plus years and I finished fourth like there could have been a part of me that's super frustrated about that you know but man there was none of that like I felt like I won the race because my goal wasn't to win the race my goal was to be excellent to get everything out of my body that I can and you know, I, let me be clear, like, I don't always have that mojo going for me. Like, I don't always look at competition that way. Uh, It's very easy for me to drift back into the more modern approach to competition where it is about winning the race, where it is about how fast did you run, where it is about, you know, how did, how did you stack up relative to everyone else? I do drift back into that, but man, when I'm not in that mode, when I'm in the the Kenyan mode of we're all in this together. When I'm in the Jesus mode of like, just follow him closely, just stay close to him. Like, man, life is so fulfilling. And that's really what I want for you guys more than anything else with running, like more than the results. And of course, like I want you guys to run fast. I want you to hit PRs, but more than that, like I want you to finish that, come across the finish line and just be filled with this deep satisfaction of like, man, I got everything out of my body today. And when you have that satisfaction, it doesn't matter what place you are. It doesn't matter if you're in a PR. It doesn't matter what how you compare to everyone else in the race. Like it's this feeling of like, whoa, like I did it. Like I got everything out of myself and I'm so proud of myself. I'm so proud of this performance, no matter how it stacks up to everyone else. And the great thing about having this mindset is it's something that we can all achieve, you know? Like, I bet a lot of the guys in that race that day had the same exact feeling that I had because they knew they'd gotten everything out of themselves that they had. But it, it, be, it can be very easy to be disappointed if, if it's all about, like, how do you stack up to the guy next to you? So let's not miss out on the beauty of today, on the beauty of true competition where we are all in this together where we are out there to make each other better like i just challenge you guys like next time you go to the starting line and you're on this, looking at the people around you just be like every single person out here is here to make me better and i am here to make them better and the shift that happens inside you when you look at competition that way is so powerful and it's gonna bring so much life so much fulfillment to your running so i want to encourage you guys don't miss that. Don't miss the beauty of this race because you're caught up in into comparison, into um, trying to win a scarce resource. Like it doesn't have to be that way. We can all win in the sense of getting everything out of our body and being truly excellent with what we've been given for the day. Like that's a, something we can all experience. So that's what that's kind of my take, guys, on the the I guess archaic I want to say a version of the word of competition and um, the best way to compete. We're all in this together. We're all going after um, excellence, personal excellence. So 
I'll be uh, I'll be dropping another episode here pretty soon because this one was late coming to you guys. Sorry about that. And do a little Christmas episode next time. Uh, probably come out in a couple days here. And uh, super excited about that one as well. I got some good ideas, some new stuff, not your traditional Christmas podcast. Um, so that's going to be coming at you. And then after that, I'm going home to Big Bear for the holidays. So that's going to be fun. Uh, I thought I'd catch my dad for a podcast. You know, he's the reason I got into the sport. He coached me all through high school. He's coached a bunch of state championship teams in uh, high school. So he's a wealth of knowledge when it comes to running. But more than that, like he's just man rock solid and uh has an amazing view of running and life and just just a solid solid dad and i'm grateful for him and i'm i'm excited to share him with you guys which i haven't told him that i'm trying to get this podcast so he listens to this podcast dad do you mind coming on the podcast (laughs) i'm sure he'll, he'll be game he's always game all right guys until then happy training and uh i'll be in touch all right talk to you guys later